Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Here we discuss all things Black Hereford. Join me for in-depth conversations and insightful interviews relevant to your Black Hereford operation. There are so many pieces of the seed stock puzzle. When you step back and really look at the big picture of all the things that we are trying to bring together into one successful bowl, it's truly amazing and a bit overwhelming. Pedigree research, phenotype and genetic selection, reproduction, nutrition, health, so many pieces that are all so incredibly important trying to get us to that moment of purchase. But then the task of actually selling your bowls is daunting sometimes too. There's more options than ever out there for both us as sellers to communicate with our potential customers and more options in bowls for those customers. So we have to bring our A game. Reality is in this day and age, you cannot effectively market your animals for top dollar without the use of social media. But even that is a tricky game. Working the algorithm and maximizing exposure really matters. It's not good enough to just throw up your pictures and cross your fingers and hope. With that in mind, I brought on a guest who has boatloads of experience in seed stock marketing and really specializes in social media utilization. She generously gave us some tips for making sure Facebook is working for you. So I'd get ready to take some notes. Let's dive in. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again to the Black Hereford Chronicles. Um, I've got Tracy Keister here, and I will allow her to just kind of introduce herself to you guys and tell you about what she does uh, in the industry and what your experience is within both beef industry and the um, registered promotion. Thanks, Jen. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where I have been born into this industry and I wear a lot of hats, it feels like. Um, I, I probably confuse people with all the hats I wear, but it's kind of how I am. So I was born into a um, uh, registered seed stock operation in Western North Dakota. My husband and I also raised seed stock, um, registered Red Angus in South Central North Dakota. We are a little out of the norm up here. Um, our whole herd is fall calving. So in North Dakota, that's really, there might be a few, but for having the whole herd that way, it's not very normal. So um, then we sell 18 month old bulls. So um I was always interested in seed stock marketing and helped my dad with ads and, you know, just, that was just part of life. And, um, in college, I got a degree in communication and really just thought I'd make ads for the rest of my life. And that, um, I spent, I spent time freelancing. I worked for several different publications, North Dakota Stockman's Association, just kind of building up. I don't know, my repertoire or everything that I am, every little step I think creates who you become. And um, I went full-time with my Cow Camp Promotions business about 12 years ago. And it was basically just designing catalogs and ads for my clients. And that has evolved over that time. Um, I'm also um, the publisher of the Red Angus magazine now. That's my biggest client. I'm on contract with the association to do that. So that's a big project. But um, 
my cow camp business has also now evolved into um, doing more on social media and helping people understand how that works because it it is kind of a moving target and yet it's free and out there for us to use. And so I've really become passionate about that in just the past couple years and how we can utilize that you know love it or cuss it facebook is here and we might as well use it to our advantage yeah and we are definitely going to dig into that a little bit um so i don't know that that's enough that you have going on i know (laughs) (laughs) you spend a lot of time helping people market animals i mean between your red angus stuff and then cow camp and bull stalkers. And we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit later. You spend a lot of time helping people figure out how to market their animals. Uh, a lot of black Hereford breeders are smaller in size. Most of us are marketing private treaty or going to consignment sales. What are some of your biggest tips that you've got for helping people maximize their marketing without a production sale? That's a great question. I think that's that's really a good foundational place to begin your marketing because you can do it at your own pace. And sometimes jumping into a production sale with both feet can be really scary. Sometimes it's scary when you've been doing it for years. I I think about it all the time. It's a goal for us, but it also, I mean, even just imagining it out, it terrifies me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just, there's so many moving parts to the day and you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. To hoping people show up, but you know, with a plan, of course, but, um, and that's how we used to market too, is private treaty. And I, I guess I have a heartfelt connection with that because I understand what it, it's like to start from the ground up and grow your, your cattle business that way, your seed stock business. So, um, with that said, you still have to get your name out there. You still have to let people know that you have bulls for sale. You can't just um, hope somebody drives into the yard and looks looks over the fence and sees your cattle there. So getting your name out there without breaking the bank is is important. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to take out a, a bunch of expensive ads when you don't necessarily have the cattle that are going to support that. You know, it's, you still have to maintain some kind of budget. So knowing what that budget is is important to um, have some kind of idea of how much you want to either spend per bull or have a a baseline of it. So um, building up that mailing list and starting to build your, your customers, even if, I know it's probably not (laughs) as easy now, but go through the phone book, go through your local people and you know, who might be potential customers, get them on a mailing list, send out a professional type flyer. It doesn't have to be super expensive or you don't have to send out thousands of them. Um, A lot of places have good quality quick prints and you can get somebody to design it or design it yourself and get that good information in there, put forth a professional image right away because that is a good first impression. Um, But be active in your community as your business name, you know, so you want to your ranch name, you want to, you know, maybe get a ranch sign up you know, as you can afford those things. And um, if you have to, if your kids are in school, sponsor the little things on the school program or whatever, you know, the basketball programs. County fair, that's always a good one. Yes, the county fair is great. Um, And and just start showing up on 
on those levels. But then when it comes to social media, make sure you have a ranch page and start building that basis there. So people start recognizing your name. I would also add just because the county fair thing made me think of it for black Hereford breeders, because we're so new and small and still exposing the world to what we are, you know, there's a lot of confusion. If you've got kids and they're interested in showing, and we've got a, a solid juniors group, Make sure your kids are also showing at that local county fair. Take that heifer. Oh, yeah. That just has gotten a lot of conversation. It's what we've done with our kids. We'll fund the goat and sheep and whatever other weird project they <laughs> want to do, but they have to also take a heifer to county fair. Oh, yeah. It just helps get that information out there and expose people to what a black Hereford is. Right. And and capitalize on those things that make you unique. So whether it's your breed, which you're trying to you know educate people on and get that awareness built up, or it's a unique things about your own operation, go ahead and, and be authentic because that's truly what connects people in the end. Yeah. So conversely from that, are there any never do's that you would recommend or not recommend, I suppose, is better? <laughs> um. You know, I think it's it's real easy to get get gung ho and say, hey, we're growing up now. We're going to really, you know, promote. And so I never want to discourage someone from promoting, but also make sure that it is within your budget and, and does make sense. And by making sense isn't just financial, but make sure that you have the quality and quantity to back up what you're promoting. So I think that's important, too, to, you know, you don't want to have a put out a bunch of hype and a bunch of money and then, you know, don't have enough cattle to supply that demand or fill that demand. But um, I guess that's, that's one thing, just continue to work on that quality and um, build up your strong foundation. So there's probably other not to do's, but (laughs) we've had a lot of people talk on the podcast about the importance of pictures. Where would you rank that? Oh yeah. That's a great topic. Um, and that's one spot where people think, okay, I'm going to go take my own pictures and I'm going to save some money because hiring someone to come take pictures does add to that. Um, it's also a place that I do not recommend skimping on because um, if you do not have a good quality photo, um, whether it's the camera quality or the, the setup of the bull, it's not going to represent your cattle well. So you might have really great cattle, but if your picture isn't set up professionally or the bulls aren't clipped, it's really not going to put forth a good image and people don't forget that. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. And if you are a good livestock photographer, go for it, you know, put the effort in and and do the videos and um, just always try to put your best foot forward. Well, and I think videos, because you mentioned it, especially in private treaty are going to be really important, especially just to get people to even come to the place and look. Right. And, you know, you unless you're having an online sale, like with DV auction or something, mm-hmm. you probably aren't going to need real professional photos or videos that you can take those with your phone and use them on Facebook. Right. So since you just mentioned Facebook, a lot of small breeders, well, I mean, really, even all the big boys are really utilizing social media, especially Facebook for advertising. And that's something that you have spent a lot of time and put a lot of energy into helping people perfect that social media presence. What can you tell us about the importance of social media and using it correctly? 
Oh, wow. There's, that's like uh, months of conversation, but <laughs> I would love to highlight that. I love talking about it because it's become, like I said earlier, my passion for this is it's a free platform. Um, and I, I hear a lot of people complain about, oh, the algorithm doesn't like me or beat the algorithm. But how about if we flip that and we learn to use the algorithm in our favor? And what I see um, on Facebook and in my group, Bullstalkers, which you mentioned, is that people are promoting cattle on Facebook the same way we've promoted cattle in print media for the past 30 years. And I can say 30 years because I've been in it 30 years. <laughs> and and that that isn't necessarily wrong. It just doesn't work on social media. So what I mean, how we promote them is we we take the pictures, we put the pedigrees out there, we put together nice ads, we do all that stuff, we send it out to the through the media outlets, and nothing against our print media because I'm still very d- deeply involved in that. Um, and then we hope it gets delivered. We hope they open it up when they get it, and then they hope we hope they come to us. There's nothing terribly wrong with that. It's just that social media doesn't work that way. Social media is based on um, having fun. People go to social media for to be entertained and it's social, right? So we can still use it as business, but it's totally based on engagement. So if you if your post is not getting engagement, and I'll explain what that is, the algorithm isn't going to reward you and show it to more people in their newsfeed. So we think that the the Facebook doesn't like us or we said something wrong. And usually it's just a matter of nobody engaged with it. So we just get put to the bottom. Um, engagement is simply uh, the, well, likes and the reactions. Reactions are way better if you get a heart or a wow or a laugh. Those actually give you a little bit more of a boost than the thumbs up. Um, and then comments, you really want to try and get those comments rolling because that's, what's going to tell Facebook's algorithm that, Hey, people are commenting on this. This is something that's important and I'm getting some traction. So it's not really a big secret. It's just a matter of how you get that because in the sea of social media, especially as we hit bull sale season, it is going to be picture after picture, bulls, bulls and heifers. And unfortunately, no matter how good those photos are on social media, they don't usually get traction by themselves. So is the goal then to gather that engagement and then direct those people back to your website or your main Facebook page? Um, yeah, a little of the, of both. Um, you know, your website is going to be able to host your um, catalog and more pictures of your bulls, uh, your ranch story, all those good things. You know, it's, to me, the website is... The next best thing to being on the ranch with you. So if someone's going to creep on you, they're probably first going to go to social media and kind of check you out there. And then if they're more interested, they're going to hopefully go to your website or pick up the phone and call you. But um, by getting that engagement, you want to build what I call the, it's not just my, my philosophy, but I use this a lot, but the no like trust factor. So people start to know you. And then they like you. They like what you're putting out there. They have fun with it. And that that just subliminally builds that trust. And then when it does come time to, to purchase an animal, they're going to feel comfortable because they feel like they already know you because they've seen you on social media. They've seen glimpses of your ranch through your posts. They know a little bit more about your program. And so it's kind of a balancing act on how you get that engagement and how you share what, what's going on in, in your operation. But being consistent 
And posting persistently and consistently is really one of the keys to helping build that. How important is it to have the true business page? Every now and then you'll see an operation that it's like they're using the personal page, but they've figured out how to put the ranch name kind of all as one jumbled thing. Yeah, I think it's good to have them kind of separate to have your own personal profile by your name and then to also have a business page or your ranch page. Um, But the algorithm will still reward personal profiles like with your name more than it will a business page because that's just who gets more traction on there. But you want to make sure that um, if someone goes to either of those platforms that they know you're connected. So I, there's many times that I've gone to someone's ranch business page and I don't know what breed they raise. I don't know where they're located. I don't know what people are connected to them. And it's not a secret. If you're going to be on social media, you kind of have to just be on social media, but it's good to post on both platforms, you know, let people know that, that you as a person are involved out there with the cattle, but then translate that over to the page. So you, you know, you really need to be posting three times a week. That can be <laughs> Which tricky. Is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So any fatal mistakes with Facebook that you're willing to share? Oh gosh. Yeah, I, I will I will share a couple of them. And this is one um we just had uh I, I do boot camp sessions where I, I spend six weeks and we have a different topic and we go through and go through a different part of Facebook and, and help them. And one of the things that I teach them is that when you have a link to your catalog or a link to your website or whatever, don't put it in the post because Facebook doesn't want you to leave your platform or their platform. So if you put it in the comments, it doesn't demerit your your post on Facebook. So interesting, um, tricky, yeah. tricky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's real simple. You know, you you put your post up or ask your question or do whatever, and then you just say link is in the comments. That's fine. Um, and then you put it in there down in the first comment. And it also subliminally kind of tells people, hey, there's a comment section. You can comment here too. <laughs> Plus, then it looks like you've got engagement going. Right, right. Facebook knows that it's you that posted in the comments. So that doesn't really act as as true engagement, but it does start to build that. Yeah. And um, I had one of the guys uh, that was in the first boot camp message me yesterday and he said, that really works. My my engagement has really increased because of that one little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) Now we know. So now it's out there because you've got a foot in both worlds with the print and the social media still, what value do you see today in print advertising? Well, what's, what's interesting is I think that that kind of waned for a while and now it's starting to come back. Um, in my opinion, I know, especially the, the glossy magazines still have a really strong foothold. And that's actually based on some research I've read through Forbes magazine and um, USA Today and some other big publications that have kind of been researching that. Um, it's still a little tricky because you have postage and there's been paper issues and stuff. But when you think about print media, it really could elicit all five of your senses. I mean, you could taste it if you want. <laughs> But you see it, you hear the pages turn, you feel the pages, and you can smell the ink. And like I said, if you really wanted to taste the page, I guess you could. But 
That'll uh, be when, the next level of print advertising. You're gonna have to figure out how to get ink that's got like those scent markers, scratches, but it's yeah. got taste. Yes. <laughs> That might not work well on a bull lad. <laughs> could do corner or something. Um, but when you when you can activate all your senses, that creates a more memorable experience, whether you realize it or not. It's kind of subliminal marketing at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but people do still like to be able to hold things and write on them. And so I think that the the foothold of print media is not going away. Um, it's probably diminished a little bit, but it's it's still valid. Well, what I had read over the last few months, because I had been kind of looking into whether or not print media was truly dying, because that's all we hear, right? Mm-hmm. And the data that I have found shows that, yes, maybe with newspapers, there's a lot of die-off going on, but with trade magazines with association right. magazines like the Reading is like the Black Hereford magazine yep. that we have that those actually are are quite healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I know for the Red Angus magazine, it's um sometimes at my maximum capacity for weight for pages. So I'm kind of juggling things around trying to figure out how to Very cool. <laughs> add more advertising. So and I have people that that say that, that that print media, that glossy magazine is still one of the best forms. And it's you know the I don't want to bash any of our newsprint people because that's still a very valid um, form of communication in our industry, especially when you think of all the generations, you know, we're three mm-hmm. or four generations in a lot of operations, but the, the glossy magazines trade magazines, like you said, are still very valid. Very Do you think effective. flyers going out, postcards, all that kind of yeah. stuff, is there still value in, in printing those and sending them? Yeah, I do think so. Um, and I've always I've always held fast that your catalog, and sometimes that's just your flyer, right? Depending on how big mm-hmm. you are, um, that is still one of the best sources because if nothing else, and this is gonna sound a little negative, they have to pick it up to throw it away, but they pick it up yeah. and they see it. Their mind registers that. So even if it's a second or two, their mind still registers that 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 name and that recognition. Hopefully they look at it and read it, but This episode is brought to you by our fabulous new sponsor, Philip Carpenter and PLC Farms. PLC is the home of Sea Miles Ahead and Red Killer. Whether you like them homo or hetero, they've got you covered over at Carpenter Farms. Located in Breckenridge, Missouri, Carpenter is in the heart of Black Hereford country. To learn more, you can give Philip a holler at 660-646-646. 4794 or shoot him an email at pcfarms1 that's the number one at gmail.com I also want to thank Matt McKinley and the crew over at Burnin Daylight the Burnin Daylight Network has not only been personally supportive to me with this podcast but also published the chronicles in their network which has done a lot for getting information about our breed into the ears of so many new people I don't know if I would have had the cojones and I certainly wouldn't have had the knowledge to start this show without them. Burn in Daylight has a hilarious cowboy podcast that as long as your ears aren't too sensitive and there's no children around is very entertaining and worth a listen. It's been really cool to see some of the ways that those catalogs are are trying to keep up with the modern technology and the social media stuff, we had several come this year with the QR codes to mm-hmm. link directly to the videos. Yeah. And that was really neat. Yeah. 
I do um, some horse sales and they have a QR code for each horse and that links to those horses, you know, videos, but you could use QR codes for just simply to your website or maybe um, to a request a catalog, you know, you could use it to a Google form to request a catalog. So something simple like that, the QR codes, I think you can get them for free. You know, you can look, search and find some sites that'll give you so many for free. So, yeah. Well, if you're going to take the time to take those videos and get all that stuff, you might as well try to maximize it as much as possible. It doesn't do any good if you're the only one that sees them. So, yeah, you have to get the word out. <laughs> so I found you originally through your Facebook group, Bull Stalkers. Tell us a little yes. bit about what that is and why you started that. Um, I think I started it because I thought it would be cool to have a group of a Facebook group with cattle people in there. And I thought it would be a great way to um, help promote bulls. Since then, it's I think it's three years old now, a little over three years old. I've learned a lot more than that. My vision for it has changed dramatically um, with the more I learned about Facebook. Um, but it has become a really um, cool community. And I am glad it's a community. It's not just another buy-sell group. So we can connect in there. I have connect, impact, your egg legacy in there. And that's what I really want because um, in the end, that's the egg legacy is really what drives us, I think. I mean, yes, we have to make a living and we like the lifestyle, but we hope that we can pass that down or we hope that we've carried it from generations before us. And if we can connect with other people, whether it's the same breed, same region, or just across the industry, I think that um, really helps build our knowledge and gives us other connections when we need need something. So um, it is, the, the cool thing about it, it's, it's 3,100 livestock producers in there. Um, it's a free group to join. And, um, but you do have to request to join and I have to make sure that you're not PETA or HSUS, you know, mm -hmm. you have to answer a couple of simple little questions, like if you're in production agriculture, but the group is, it, it goes between 85 and 90% active. And for a Facebook group to be active like that is the most important part. Well, and it's really eclectic. I mean, I've picked up things that have nothing to do with you know, marketing my cows with, I, we um, found there was a conversation months ago about water tanks and keeping water tanks from freezing. And we found some guy who had created these tube things that, and there we go, bam, you know, and it certainly yeah. wasn't what I thought I would be getting out of the group, but it's just people sharing what's worked and what hasn't worked and ideas. And, and here's what we're doing. It yeah. really is a neat group. Oh, thank you. Um, and, and I wanted to, to keep to keep growing and, and being a place where people can go and ask a question. If you if you have a problem or have an issue like water tanks freezing up, you could post a question in there and the members will offer some of their advice and and or maybe connect you with someone that, that would be able to help. So there's still plenty of bulls in there. Yes. But, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I like the fact that that people are, are willing to talk in there and the discussions don't get heated, I don't think. And, you know, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to be pretty civil. <laughs> I don't want people, you know, getting in, in Facebook fights in there. But <laughs> So tell us a little bit about Cow Camp Productions. Promotions. Promotions, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it started out as a, a freelance... I was just a freelancer, um, kind of working on the side, trying to help make ends meet when I was, you know, working in my other places. And uh, 
for some reason, somebody said, oh, you need to, to name it. And I was like, I do. I can't, I just be freelance. And they're like, nope, you have to have a name. And it was, he was one of my mentors. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We were just married a couple of years. And I said, just Cow Camp Promotions. Promotions speaks to one of my other mentors. He had a business and that was part of the name of his business. And um, the reason for Cow Camp is at the time, we weren't big enough to be a ranch, we joked. And so we were just a cow camp. And so it, the name stuck. And uh, now most of the time we just call it cow camp. But um, it started out with just doing ads. And then as um, I kind of had a little bit more time, I'd start doing a few more catalogs, small catalogs. And now we do 60 to 70 catalogs a year. I have um, my oldest daughter, Casey, helps me. My youngest daughter, Shay, helps once in a while. And I have another gal in Idaho that helps me. Um, and then a couple of other people here and there that'll help edit photos or, you know, do some stuff. But we have a pretty good process and kind of try to stay connected that way. Um, and then when my role changed with the Red Angus magazine, I, I for sure needed more help because that was kind of a sudden change. And um, it's it's good to have a team to help do that. But I'm still involved pretty much in all levels. So whether it's cleaning up the, the bull photos or working on the data to put in the catalog together. But. A lot of ads too. Well, then tell us how the boot camps fit into all of that. Well, I, you know, I wanted to share what I had learned in Facebook, but at the same time, I'd invested some money training myself and um, also thought, gosh, nobody else is doing this. So as a marketer, I wasn't going to give it away for free either. But, but part of that is that if people invest, even if it's a little bit, they're more apt to spend that time more fastidiously. So they're going to be more dedicated to learning it. And I was just kind of trying to figure out how I was going to really do that. I have a, a full year long program, but it's a little bit higher ticket and it isn't always affordable for people. And I wanted something that people could could get through in a short amount of time, get the basics of it and give them something that they could if they wanted to continue with it, they could. And we um, got on the plane after we left um, Red Angus Convention this fall, which had been real stressful coming up into that. We got done fall cabin and we got on a plane and <laughs> we weren't even done fall cabin and, and uh, went and put on this convention and we get on the plane and I sit down and it, it was just like my brain just went, whew, here's what we're going to do. And I sat there on the plane, but it was like a, I don't know, our flight and I, on my phone, I tapped out exactly what bootcamp was going to be. And it was six weeks. We talk about um, priming your profile. We talk about viral questions. Uh, the next week is um, value posts. We talk about groups and reels. We talk about um, how you can apply this then to your bill sale. So it's six weeks. We meet once a week on a, a Zoom call and we have a special closed Facebook group that is just for the people that are currently in it. and. Um, yeah, I've done, I'm in my second group for it now. And the it's really great because when you put something together like that, you think, gosh, I know it works because I use it myself. I hope it works for other people. And it's really fun to start seeing how they're posting and showing up on things and the engagement and interaction going into bull sale season. So it's really, I feel really good that I'm able to help people and give them some value. Well, you know, even if you feel negatively about Facebook, even if you feel like it's it's a system, well, then why not learn how to game it? Yeah, you, know, exactly. you have to have it. It's just reality. In this day and age, if you're going to try to market your bowls, you better be on social media. Right. Because uh, seriously, the first place someone is going to go 
you know, creep on you, like I said, mm-hmm. is going to be Facebook. Yeah. And it's nothing against Instagram or whatever, but Facebook still has way more people on it. Like, was it 3.9 billion or something? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. Look, they don't all need a bull, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that do need a bull on there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for what you were willing to share with us today. If people are hearing this and they're interested in the boot camps, they're interested in cow camp, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Well, I have um, a couple websites, um, cowcamppromotions.com. I'm surprised it's only a couple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or cow camp catalogs. And that's where I host all my catalogs. If you want to creep on me and see the work that we do, you can go to cowcampcatalogs.com. Um, or Facebook, you can find me as Tracy Keister or um, go to Bull Stalkers, which is like your like my Border Collie is stocking up on a bull. Um, and uh, I'll let you in that group or you can message me on Facebook, too. I'm real responsive there. So lots well, of places. I, will, I will link to all of those in the show notes. As oh, well. great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, any last minute tips or advice you want to share with us on our way out? Oh, well, I really appreciate the time and sharing my story with your, your listeners. And um, yeah, just don't be afraid to be you and be authentic in your promotion, whether it's in print or, or uh, on Facebook, social media. Um, let, let them see what you are. I mean, there's days we, we know we're covered in organic matter or <laughs> we're working out in the girl it's okay you don't have to have makeup and and polished hair and all that good stuff so let them see you because that's that will truly build that no like trust factor and that's what's going to build your loyal customers when you might as well do something different you know our feeds are already full of primed and polished pictures of bowls in a green field somewhere put something different out yeah yep i mean yeah you still want to put your best foot forward but but let them let them know that you're authentic and real. And I think that goes a long ways. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. This episode was also sponsored by HI slash cattle company, raising higher balanced black Hereford and Angus cattle with a mind for the future of the beef industry at HI slash. We also run a commercial cow calf operation. So we understand how important and impactful your genetic choices can be. You can take a look at our choices at HISLASHcattle.com or find us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Herford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 